Friday. Today is February the 16th, and you're listening to My Farm. We're going to pick up where we left off a week ago, talking about starting seeds in your house. Some of the things you need to know so that you can be effective getting those started and that you have the most success when it comes time to transfer those from the house out to your garden. We'll have all the details on that and more after this message from our sponsor. Sponsored by Seed Consultants. Simply the best value in the seed industry. Learn more at seedconsultants.com. We're going to pick up this Friday morning, sort of where we left off last week, talking about starting seeds indoors. And we talked about buying those seeds, different things to keep in mind, and then how you go about sort of getting them started, some of the do's and don'ts. You know, we talked about the location, where to have them, where not to have them. But the right container is also important. As we start seeds in small individual containers, it's best to use maybe things that are divided with single seedlings per container rather than filling a large container with potting mix and sowing a lot of seeds in there because those roots will grow together and then it's hard to separate them when you do want to move them out to a garden. Plastic sheets of small container cells uh, fit into standard soil trays and so small individual plastic pots are also suitable. All seed starting containers though do need to have drainage holes at the bottom. Most plastic seed starting containers are reusable and some folks even save them from year to year if you buy uh, you know your plants at a garden center or something like that they'll save those cell trays Uh, otherwise you can go online and buy new ones most plastic ones those we said are reusable you want to avoid though uh, if you can spreading disease so some people will try and sterilize those uh, rinse them in like a cleaning solution of bleach water for about 30 minutes and then rinse and they can be used and then mix that solution to uh, whatever is for sort of the labeled strength for any other disinfectants if you're using something like that there's different kinds of fiber pots that are made from organic materials such as peat moss and cow manure and shredded wood some gardeners make pots from strips of newspaper even Fiber pots that break down in the soil are particularly good for raising seedlings that don't transplant well, such as cucumbers and squash, because you can put the whole thing in the ground. Sometimes, though, this does lead to root binding uh, if they don't break down quick enough, and those roots basically get caught up in that container even after you've transferred them to the garden if you don't have something that dissolves fast enough. Clear plastic domes are also something folks will put over the trays. Uh, It may be sort of making more like a tunnel type effect, sort of a mini greenhouse, if you will. It will help retain heat and some of the moisture. They do need to be removed, though, when the seedlings are tall enough so they aren't touching that plastic itself. And then probably one of the first things we should have talked about is what you're going to use to start those seeds in beyond the container, what soil type or soilless mix. Commercial seed starting mixes are available. They're composted of vermiculite and peat without any true soil. Uh, Those are recommended for starting seeds. They're sterile, lightweight, and free from weed seeds with a texture and porosity especially suited to uh, getting seeds to germinate and start growing. It's recommended to set those uh, cell trays flat or containers into a solid tray, fill them with that potting mix, and actually water the mix before sowing the seeds. The potting mix will settle down in those containers, and then you actually add a little bit more and water it again until those container cells are nearly full uh, because you don't want a lot of airspace in there. That can cause issues once that seed is germinated. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after this message from our sponsor. Williamson Crop Insurance, home of Decision Max. Decision Max allows you a simple solution to analyze your operation and make informed marketing and crop insurance decisions to mitigate your risks. 
Manage your whole operation in one place with the ability to blend counties, marketing, and insurance coverage to give a complete overview of your operation. Williamson Crop Insurance, protecting the eastern Corn Belt since 1980. Learn more at cropcoverage.com. Thanks, Joe. We're going to change directions now. Talk about starting garden transplants. And if you want success in starting your garden transplants from seed, here's a couple secrets for success from USDA's Gary Crawford. For many home gardeners, this is the worst time of the year. Not a lot to do, but gaze out the window and wait for spring so you can go and buy those transplants and do some planting and work. But some of us just can't wait that long for that, can we? Yeah. Yeah, Kansas State University Extension gardening expert Ward Upham, and when we talked to him the other day, it was perfect gardening weather. We were down to about six degrees this morning. Perfect indoor gardening weather. Uh, Good if you want to grow your own garden transplants from seeds. Now, if this is a first try at growing plants from seed, Ward says you need to have the right containers for planting, some sort of gentle warming system to keep the soil warm, and that soil. He says you need very fine seeding soil, not garden soil. A garden soil does not allow enough oxygen into those seeds. And of course, you need to keep those seeds moist. Now we have two other big suggestions. One of them is sort of strange. We'll tell you about that in a minute. But first, uh, Ward, what's the biggest mistake that people make when trying to start those seeds and start those transplants indoors? Not enough light. Not enough light. A lot of people try to grow plants in the southern facing window and often that's just not enough light. And if there's not enough light, they grow tall and spindly. Yes, tall and spindly, those famous fictitious ballroom dance champions from 1932 that I just made up. But anyway, Ward says we need to go toward the light, not standard incandescent light bulbs, however. Because they put off so much heat, you can't get them close enough in order to get the growth that you want. You're looking at either fluorescent or LED lights. Preferably LEDs made specifically for use as grow lights. Look what they say on the grow light instructions, how far they need to be above those plants. So that'll give you additional light. That'll keep those plants smaller and stockier. Okay, now here's the kind of odd suggestion to make those plants grow strong and stocky. You do what Ward Upham calls brushing them. Actually, it's sort of, well, it's almost like, well, uh, petting them. Take your hand and just rub them over the top. You don't have to move them a lot, but you have to move them some. And when you do that, that triggers that plant to become thicker at the base and form a better, stockier plant. Probably about 20 brushings a day would be about right. That would be enough that that plant will react. Uh I'm not sure, though, how my friends and neighbors are going to react to me brushing my little baby seedlings. It might make them think I've gone stark raving mad crazy with uh, cabin fever. (laughs) Yeah, it could. Uh Yeah, (laughs) but do it anyway, he says. (laughs) It will help the plants be strong and stocky as opposed to tall and spindly, who never took a single dance lesson. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Thanks, Gary. That's what's making agricultural news on my farm. For my 102.7 WMYW, I'm Dusty Sonnenberg. You have a great day.